Saks in the Basement is now a proud partner with the Big Heads Media Network. Find us and other great podcasts at BigHeadsMedia.com. You're listening to Saks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Saks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. All right, listen, uh, this should be kind of a fun show. I've got a few little things that have been floating around my head this week, and, uh, you know, after two weeks of just being angry, I, I, I kind of want to have a little bit of fun with it. There, don't worry, there'll be a few things I'm going to point out that are going to aggravate me about this team. But what's been nice is that there's stuff coming up here for Socks in the Basement that I'm just excited about. First of all, we mentioned it last week. You can get on the Ileana Brew Bus with us on the 20th of September. Now, this is a Friday. It starts at 3 p.m. It goes until 10 p.m. It's seven breweries on the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail from Beverly to Crete. And it it should be just a blast. And the third stop is going to be in Blue Island at the Blue Island Beer Company. So you're either going to get on at the beginning of the entire thing at Horse Thief Hollow and open outcries after that. Or if you got to work till 5, don't worry, you can still jump on the bus at the Blue Island Beer Company, and free seats are available, and we're giving them away as we get closer, we'll be giving them away. We have people that are already entering the contest, and all you have to do is listen, and then you got to give a review and rate the show. A lot of people doing it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on any app that you're on. Just rate the show, like the show, share the show. I see all that stuff. The more rating and liking and sharing and all that other stuff, the better the chance for you to win when we start drawing the winners. And there's been some great comments already. We're getting more reviews, people saying nice things. Some of the new comments. Have, have you seen some of the new comments on the on the Apple Pod? Just, uh, just no, we, I have not. Since we started this contest, I find it funny because it gives people an excuse. <laughs> the last one I remember is we're the angry neighbors. No, no, no. It's that, see, because now we got all kinds of them because people okay, are good, entering good, this contest. Good. So just at the Apple Podcast ones, okay? Uh, we've just got some nice little things here. Uh, these guys do a great job dissecting the team and staying on topic. Great knowledge of White Sox teams. Uh, this is not some quote-unquote sponsored podcast from MLB or the Sox. You get honest, critical reactions about a team that a fan base needs it. Sox in the basement is often more entertaining than the team. I, I don't. <laughs> I didn't write this. I probably wasn't me or my mother who fun. wrote that this. Thank funny. you, Chris and crew. You're just crew. It's just me and you. And somebody wrote Chris and Crew. We ha- what are you talking about? We have, a whole, we have a whole crew in Thank the back. Thank you, Chris and Crew. We have a, sa- we have sound a sound crew. We have, we have X. We have like, you know. There's <laughs> that like- one was my favorite one. There's, I mean, there's there's little ones in here where people just write great podcasts. Feels like Southsider. Great vibes. Honest information. You know, and I really appreciate all the nice things people are saying. And, and, and any little note that you can drop. Anytime that you review something, that stuff gets you in. On the drawing for the seats for the free ride on the Ileana Brew Bus to all seven breweries on the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail in September. Okay, so keep that up. And remember, if you use some kind of weird handle and there's no way for me to identify you, hit us up on social media and send me a screenshot of the one that you did or tell me what your handle is. Some people are doing that. Some are forgetting you know, if your handle is like four consonants and a, and a number, I have no idea who you are. Okay. You're going to have to tell me that's you so I can make sure that you're completely entered in. Okay. So that's coming up on the 20th. We're going to be drawing these names leading up to it and, and people will be informed and they'll be joining us on the brew bus and that should be a lot of fun. The other big event. Let's save that for a moment here. Oh, sure. Okay. Because I don't want to promote two things at once. 
Yeah, but why don't we, we are it? having we'll it, like, we'll we are like, having a live broadcast right by the ballpark, right during the last homestand, and we're going to get the details of that. Yeah, we'll, it's a really big deal. We'll I'm do, very we'll excited. We'll do that a little later in the Signed show. Signed the deal for this yesterday. Okay, so very very excited about it. And, and one of the things we'll probably talk about is what are the Sox going to do in the off season? Like it'll be very easy and it'd be very cheap to just evaluate what happened at the end of the year. I mean, of course, we'll at some point take a look at the stats and be like, these were the final stats of these guys. But to do a whole show on that doesn't make a lot of sense. In reality, the question is going to be, what are guys going to do? What are they going to do in the offseason? And a lot of that's going to be dictated. And I, and I, like I said, you read what the team does. It tells you what their intentions are for 2020. And I, I had this thought the other day. I'm looking at September call-ups. Now, you understand how the September call-up system works, right? I want to review it for everybody. But the idea is there's a 40-man roster. You only get 25 up in the majors. Your 40-man roster is all eligible to show up, and you can keep up the 40 guys starting on September 1st. It's that simple. Now, if you want to bring up a guy who's not on the 40-man roster, you got to make room. So you got to DFA somebody. you got to put somebody like on the 60-day DL. you got you got to find ways to make space Correct. if you're going to bring somebody up. So looking at the current 40-man roster, because September 1st is now coming up here, okay, and this next week, we're going to hit September 1st. It happens this weekend. The guys that are not up that you'll most likely see brought up, in my opinion right now, okay, Dylan Covey's going to come back up. It makes no sense not to bring him back up, and it's just another arm. I would imagine he's coming back up. Um, and he's he, been up and down. And he's been anyway. up and down, right. I, I, you know, I, Carson Fulmer is currently on the 10-day uh, injured list, but I would imagine they're going to give the guy a chance to get some more innings up here because they're, they're trying to figure it out right now with him. You mm-hmm. know, right. So there's a good chance that a guy like that comes up. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't see – I could see them adding pitching so they can keep letting these pitchers get opportunities in major league situations. But I, I think if you think that all of a sudden you're going to see – I don't think you're going to see guys come on the team like, you know, Louis Basabe. I mean, he's on the 40-man roster, but see, there's the thing. I, I just don't think this team brings up anybody that they think is eventually going to either be a trade piece because they don't want the guy to come up and not be good. And that's, that's what they've always been like. Right. Or they're not going to bring up somebody because of service time. They don't want to bring them up. I mean, is Daniel Palka, does he have a chance to come up and hit a little bit? Yeah, sure. Probably yeah. got a good chance to come up and hit a little bit, you know? Is there a possibility you're going to see Cordell or Tilson come back up? Yeah, Absolutely. There's a, there's a chance you're going to have him. Is Mike Rodolfo coming up? No. No. Okay? I mean, like, there's just, that's that's kind of my feeling on it. We've gotten a few people who have been asking me, what are they going to do? Will they add people to the 40-man roster? They have to add guys at a 40-man roster because of the Rule 5 draft that will be coming up a couple months after the season ends. But I would be shocked if all of a sudden they're adding a guy to the 40-man rosters just so they can bring him up for September call-ups because of the service time manipulation. If you wanted Lewis Robert up, you'd have had him up right at the trade deadline. We right. talked about this. The, uh, yes, the Robert thing, it's... You're, 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 maybe, looking at, you're maybe looking at opening day of next year right. for him. Oh, no, you're not even going to see him for opening day because here's the thing. And, and we've never really gotten into it. We always talk service time. We always talk, talk super two status. So I just kind of wanted, I, for myself, did a refresher today and kind of looked up everything about super two status and, and status and service time. And I wanted to give like the best explanation to people when they're asking about this, because this is really going to come into play with a lot of decisions that the White Sox are going to do. And it's another reason why I don't think you're going to see any of these guys here in September as much as everybody wants to come and see them. Because if you were if you were going to have them up early, then you would have had them up at the halfway point of the season. Right, and we've talked about that. Okay, so 
the way service time works is you have to have six years of major league service time to be able to become a free agent. Otherwise, you're under control for arbitration or anything. You're under control of the team. So a major league season over the last several years has been somewhere between 183 days and 187 days because they keep changing when opening day is and when the last day is. So the off days even count in there. And then they and then they just come up with a, a number for like, so you were there for, you know, 0.986 days okay, okay, of, of the season, 0.96 uh, uh, of the season instead of a full season. Okay. okay. You know, your service time might not be a full one. You have to have the full 6.000, meaning you you had six full years of service time to get to be a free agent. If you're on the disabled list, you get service time. Okay, if you're on the MLB disabled list, you get service time. If you're in the minors, you don't. Okay. Okay. This this is a big deal for control. Now, Super Two status is about money. If a guy is held back for a certain amount of time into the season, you he gets one less year of arbitration where you can really kind of undercut him in the cash in the first three years. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You still have control. Okay. So some teams are worried about the cash get really cheap and wait a long time for a call-up, okay? Because they want to make sure that the guy is that is well into the season. Like, you'll see guys coming up in May. That's more for arbitration numbers as well as service time. If you see a guy come up 8 days, 10 days, 15 days into the regular season, that was service time for control. See what I'm saying? So those are the two different ways that it gets manipulated. Most likely, Lewis Robert and Nick Mandrigal are guys that are going to be up two weeks after the season starts. Okay. okay. Chris Bryant was like eight days because of the amount of days and how compressed the schedule was that that year. But I mean, like this, this will most likely be in like 2020, like a 12 day thing, somewhere 12 and 15 days. Okay. There'll be a there'll be a number that you'll figure out and that'll be the date that these guys could come up. So you won't see them to start the year. The other guy that's very interesting to me when you're talking about service time is Michael Kopech. Okay, Michael Kopech coming into this season, and this is very interesting, and it's, uh, I, I thought about this, and I had to look it up today. Michael Kopech coming into this year, he only earned 0.041 years of service time. Now, that's all he earned. And Rick Hahn recently indicated there's a good chance he starts the year in 2020 in the minors because, of course, his recovery. Well, yeah, but, right. So, but... You're also, if you hold him down long enough, you can combine his 2018 year with when you bring him up in the majors in 2019. He still gets most of 2019, but you get a year off of there. See what I'm saying? You could still manipulate his service time by not bringing him to the majors right away to start the year. In 2020, you In mean. 2020. Right. So because if he's completely gonna, healthy, like, gonna... let's say he's out there in spring training and he's pitching. They can say we're being careful. They can say we want him to get used to AAA even though he's firing the ball and he says he feels great. We want to make sure in game situations he's good. And they can hold him so that when you get to the end of 2020, his service time is still under a year. And, and okay, that was what I was going to ask because you were saying that like injuries right. count toward your service right, time. Right. And technically when he was injured, he was on the major league and roster. Even if, and, and here's the thing. I, that's the thing I have to look up, and I'm, I'm apologize for that. But either, even if, even if this whole year he would have earned a, a year of service time, you could take away that next year by making sure that 2018 and 2020 
add up to less than one year of service time. Okay. You see, that the, that'll be another manipulation that I think that they're going to do next year. All of these things indicate to me that it's a gear up for 2021 and not a gear up for yeah, 2020. Yeah, because I'm, gonna, I was, I'm just, I'm thinking this whole time as we're talking about this, Robert, we're talking, you know, we're talking about Kopech. What is the end game here? What is your goal? I mean, don't... Don't try to sit there and tell us you're trying to win in 2020 if you're doing all these things. We've talked about it. I mean, so what? Are we looking 2021? Oh, yeah, I think Are that's we looking goal. 2022? No, no, no. I, think, I think the goal I mean, I, what I, is I, the realistic goal would be a 2021 run. Now, you would hope that in free agency, if they found the right guy, they'd be willing to make a big move to bring somebody in if they were able to do it. But I feel like they're going to approach free agency this year the way the same way that they approached it last year, which is if we can make a big move that secures a guy early, a year early before our run, we're going to do it. But otherwise, I, my biggest fear is we're going to be back to the middling, like, one-year deal, two-year deal with this guy, grab this little guy here, fill out the roster, yeah, the- and play another year. And that frightens me. And I, what also bothers me is the comparison that I think the organization is putting out, like, well, this is just like the Cubs, and this is just like the Astros. No. You know, the Cubs no, and the Astros not. fire their entire front offices, and all those people started from scratch. You had Chris Sale that you were able to trade. You had big pieces you were able to move to get very ready, very soon-to-be-promoted minor league talent. You were ahead of the game. Your rebuild should not take as long as theirs. And I think that's why fans are aggravated with what's going on, because you're trying to tell people, oh, no, no, it's just like them. It really shouldn't be. You no, should have had a not. quicker turnaround. It's not, because the, the the other comparison, and I've made this before, look, dude, the Astros went out and paid money for Justin Verlander. The Cubs went they out were ready and at that point. the they Cubs, were winning at the that Cubs point. went out and paid money for John Lester before right. they were ready to right, win. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, you have to, you know, if you're going to compare your rebuild to those two teams, you have to pay the money for top free agents. And, and, Ryan, be and that's going to be, that's always been the thing. And now these are the things that we will have to break down at Cork and Carey at the park on the 26th of September. This is so cool. Pre and post game, Sox Indians, the final homestand, Thursday night, south side, late September, Sox in the basement, live and in person, open microphone for anybody that wants to come on and talk about the team and you know you won't be censored by us, okay? <laughs> and we're going to talk about the team pre and post game at Cork and Carey at the park. You're going to hear them all over the show for the entire month of September. They've caught the socks in the basement fever, uh, and they're, they're very excited about working with us. We're excited to be working with them. But we will be at Cork and Carey at the park on the 26th. The guests, are, I'm already trying to work all that out, so that'll be announced very soon. There'll be contests. There'll be giveaways. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want you to mark it on your schedule right now. If you're looking for a reason in late September to go to a White Sox game, if the product on the field isn't what you want to go see all the way, even though there are some things that I enjoy, I just went. I just went this past week, and so you saw Yuan Moncada's first game back, and he just looks. He's a superstar. Yeah, and he's and an absolute superstar. The team's played, the team's played yeah. good this week. He's so. an absolute superstar. Remember last year, I was the voice in the darkness yelling, "Yuan Moncada, this is only his first year. He's going to be great." And everybody else was like, "This is a bust." I, I'm taking full credit for that because I have to eat my words on Tim Anderson yes, from one year ago today. So I was yes, right on one and wrong on the other. Okay. 
I'm glad they both ended up doing really well, but I saw that game. There's a reason to come out and enjoy the ball game, but there's also an extra special reason on the 26th to join us at Cork and Carry at the park. We will talk about things like this. Like, what do you want to have happen to the team? What what do you think is the expectation for the offseason? If you were the general manager, what would you do? What are you happy about? What are you upset about? And so it should be a lot of fun. I ran into some of the boys from the 108. There's a good chance we're going to have them showing up on the show finally and hanging out with us. I've talked to James Fox, of course, about it. I'm like, mark your calendar, James. Start getting it cleared out. We're going to see whether or not we can get a guest to come over. You know, we'll see if the White Sox are talking to me at that point. <laughs> you know, it'll depend on how the month goes. But it should be a, a, an awful lot of fun. Cork and Carry at the Park on the 26th of September. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years, and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BroadcastBasement.com. I want to talk about something that's going to drive you nuts. Many things drive me nuts. But no, what's 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 we the... made this. We were talking about this recently with the team in terms of why wouldn't you bring up your hot hitting prospect in the middle of the year, Robert? Okay, so I have been watching the rest of Major League Baseball, and I've come up with a perfect comparison for why I still believe this was the wrong move to not bring him up right now. We're going to take a trip north of the border to Canada and the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. In the offseason, Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Aloy Jimenez are sitting right up at the top of the prospect list. Okay? The two of them are very hyped. In fact, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is even more hyped than, than Aloy. Well, no, yeah. Vlad is the... He's the guy. Vlad, Yes, Vlad is the guy. Okay. He is the... He's the number one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Vlad, to this point, 367 at-bats, 15 home runs, 278, with a 351 on-base percentage and a 469 slugging percentage. That's a heck of a rookie year. Yeah, that's tough. Yes. Beautiful, wonderful rookie year. Okay. And if you want to take a look at Aloy... And we all know that Aloy's had a little bit more ups and downs. He's had to deal with some injuries and had a slow start. And, of course, he plays for the White Sox, and none of our prospects just come out and start hitting really quickly, which is another reason why it makes no sense to be we're waiting till 2020 to see the next group of prospects. Okay, he only hit 239 with only a 290 on base percentage at this point. Isn't that disgusting? And a 463 slugging percentage. Now, you like the 463 slogging. No, but, but it's still, I mean, it should be much higher if he's going to be a star, okay? It, it, much higher if he's going to be a star. And those numbers really don't change too much pre and post All-Star break. This has been what he is this year. You need him to continue to develop. For as much as you enjoy him, you need to continue to see him develop. He's got 22 home runs, and that's great, but I still want to see a little bit more from him, okay? And I think we'll get it. And when we saw Mancata struggle last year, and you know, we'll we'll see what we'll see if Aloy well, I mean, takes it to another level. If you compare the rookie seasons to Mancata he's and Aloy, having a better one, right? I mean, yeah, yes, he's having a better one. Okay, but now I want to talk about the next prospect down hitting wise for both of those organizations: Lewis Robert and Bo Bichette. 
Here are two guys that are also highly touted prospects within organizations that want them to be keystone pieces to their organization. Both teams don't have a chance at the postseason this year. Both teams could very easily say, wait till next year. But right around the trade deadline, a day or two before or after, Bo Bichette is promoted while Lewis Robert continues to sit down in the minor leagues. Both guys were tearing it up in the minor leagues, and both guys look like they were ready to come up. The argument that has been heard from the White Sox is, we don't want Robert to come up and have to work out major league pitching when he's gone through such a long season because of fatigue. That word was used, fatigue. I keep making fun of it all the time on social media. Whenever I see Lewis Robert go out and hit two or three home runs, I'm like, he's fatigued, obviously. You see him rounding third base, he looks like he's tired there. I mean, like... It's, it's a big joke, but it shouldn't be a joke because it's sad. And, it, and, and I don't like being treated like I'm an idiot, like, like a child, like you know, being condescended by, by the adult in the room. Welcome and that's to, what it feels like. Welcome to White Sox fandom. But now I want to back this up by saying here's a Boba Bichette, 114 at-bats since we got to the trade deadline, where after the trade deadline, there was nothing you were going to be able to move or deal, so you might as well use that two months to get a guy ready. The Blue Jays take the advice that I'm dishing out, and they bring up Bo Bichette. 114 at-bats, he's already got eight home runs. <laughs> Man. Now, that means he would extrapolate out to having about eight more home runs than Vlad Guerrero Jr. at this point if they would have played the same full season. Remember yes. who was the bigger prospect in right. the group? Vlad. Okay. Yes. He's hitting 351 with a 388 on on-base percentage and a 684 slugging percentage putting Jesus. him well over a 1,000 OPS. Wow. Does he seem fatigued to you? No. Do you no, think he would have benefited from making sure that he started the season the next year or service time manipulation, even though he's a piece of their, of their future? I mean, like, I just want to point that out. Here is another organization doing what we said. This is what the Sox should do with a guy. If you're red hot like that, you're tearing through the minor leagues, get him up here. Shot in the arm not only for him, but shot in the arm for Vlad Guerrero Jr. to have like another exciting player sitting in the lineup with him. It benefits them to be together. Don't think it doesn't. Oh, no. The Red Sox aren't willing to even entertain this, obviously, but the Blue Jays did. I want to talk about another guy that I mean, like, and this is the thing that really sticks in, it bothers me because. The idea that you could only bring up a prospect that's any good or have contributions from a guy that's going to be a part of your team in the future by manipulating service time and bringing him up a couple days after the season starts, to me, is starting to become one of, the, one of the biggest fallacies in baseball. You could overdo this. I want to talk about a guy that's and, on the and, Cincinnati Reds. And if the White Sox can overdo it, they will. Right. I want to talk about a guy who's on the Cincinnati Reds who was brought up right after the trade deadline, who was not a top 100 prospect, but clearly is going to be a piece of their future. His name is Aristides Aquino. He's an outfielder from Cincinnati. He's got 84 at-bats since coming up after the trade deadline. He's hitting 321 with a 387 non-base percentage and a 786 slugging percentage. That puts him over 1,100 on his OPS. He's already got 12 home runs and 84 at-bats for the Cincinnati Reds. And clearly he's fatigued. Do you think the Cincinnati Reds are worried about his service time right now, or do you think that they're excited that they were able to bring up a guy in the middle of a season and give him the confidence that he could be a star in the major leagues? 
He's the guy who comes up and replaces Yasiel Puig because they trade Puig away. Yeah. The trade deadline's over. They bring this kid up, and they find out what they got with him, and he performs, which also then begs the question, why is it that we never have a guy that's not in the top 100 prospects list that doesn't come up and shock us? Like, when was the last time you were shocked by a player that came up? Like, you would think after nearly two decades of Kenny Williams' rule over this team that at some point there'd just be this surprise prospect that would come up and have, like, a great couple of months. When does that happen? I... I mean, when do we find the diamond in the rough? When do we the get the guy that we knew was good, but the rest of baseball didn't know was good? No, we always end up with the guys that the rest of baseball thinks is good, but some other GM who traded him to us knows eh, he kind of sucks. He's got holes yeah. in his swing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know. Or, or, or like we, or we're, or we're just lucky to be I mean, able to I get. Mean, you see what Mark Burley? I mean, like that's I, that's pretty much it, right? Was he, was he really was he drafted by him? I don't know, but he wasn't. Yeah, we're gonna have to look this up, up now. Right now. I'm looking it up right now because I because I don't that's know. The last, I don't think that, he was. That's the last surprise that 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 I can think of. Like a dude who wasn't supposed to be any good, but all of a sudden turns out to be a staple. Mark Burley started in 2000. When was Kenny Williams made the general manager? Well, then Mark Burley wouldn't be a Kenny Williams. No, he wouldn't be a Kenny Williams draft pick. No, he wouldn't be. No. He was vice president of player development. He remained there until 2000. In October of 2000, he became the general manager. Okay. But Burley played in the 2000 season, so he would have been drafted. He would have been drafted earlier. See what I'm saying? Before that. So he's not a Kenny Williams draft pick. So the one that you came up with is the last guy that Ron Schuler got. (laughs) (laughs) I I like, that's the thing, Dave. No, I know. The only guy I'm curious to see whether or not he comes up is whether or not Zach Collins comes up. That's the guy that is the iffy thing for me. I think Zebby Zavala comes up. I think it makes sense. Right. Okay. In fact, I, I think that once you get to September call-ups, I, that you're gonna, what are you, how many catchers are you going to carry? You can carry a bunch of them. Right. And if you bring Collins up here, it, it makes no sense if you're just going to continue to do what you do and and continue to roll Wellington Castillo out there just because you're paying well, a lot McCann's of money. Well, out there a lot right now. No, I, I know there's that. There's far but... less Wellington. There's far less Wellington now. They at least seem to understand that. But like we've said before, Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like to pay guys that aren't on the team. So, you know, he's, the guys that work for him are like, I want to release him, but I can't because the boss is going to be mad at me. That's what this has always been about. Like when you don't want the boss mad at you, you want the boss to love you. You want to be invited to the picnics. You want him to be call your family. You want a hug. You want it to be like Jose Abreu, you know, where he sees Jerry Reinsdorf as a father figure. Jerry Reinsdorf sees Jose Abreu as another son. How many other sons does he have? If you were one of his sons, wouldn't you be a little jealous of all the extra sons? That yeah, he has? he's got a lot of illegitimate. A lot of sons. A lot of illegitimate I mean, children. You could be Jerry Reinsdorf's son if it'll save you a lot of money. You know, if, if you're a good ball player. He'll be your he'll be your dad if you'll take a hometown discount. Paul Canerco, a son he never had. Jose Abreu, son he never had. Okay, I'm telling you right now, if I could go out right now and I could slug 550 and have an OPS of about a 900, the man would adopt me. Just so I would sit there and take the league minimum or whatever the lowest possible thing you could give me without me looking like a complete fool. You know, I just, I thought about something as we're, as we're talking about all Jerry Reinsdorf's children. When he finally ceases to function and they cryogenically freeze him, <laughs> um, you and, know, and Kenny, lot, sneaks, and in, and Kenny w- sneaks in on his deathbed and gets him to change his will to leave the yes, team over. Yes, oh my God, no. 
Chris, stop. Don't do that. Jerry, uh, Jerry, uh, I just need you to sign this real quick. What, what is it, Kenny? It's uh, just something for White Sox charities. I just uh, just sign this right here, and uh, uh, yeah, God bless. Uh, that be, be, that I, I, I'm wearing my sunglasses because I'm so torn and up and that you're you, dying. And you know the yeah, I, I can't. I, if you could see me without my sunglasses on, then like you would see how torn up that I am that you're dying. But I need you to sign this real quick for White Sox charities, and I'll, I'll be completely out of your way. And uh, you know, Godspeed. And you know the irony of that is that's exactly how that's exactly how Virginia McCaskey got the Bears. Like what you're describing is exactly how Virginia got the Bears, and she's just she hasn't died yet. She's she's 150 years old. They wheel her out there just to make appearances on on playoff games. No, that's going to be Ryan's door. But no, what I thought about, what if, Chris, maybe there's hope. What if, like, when when Jerry finally shuffles off in, in like, 55 years, what, what if he actually decided to leave the team to one of his, like, adopted sons, like Paul Canerco? Well, I would be happy like, with that. Yeah, that, I mean, we have some hope for that, right? right? Yeah, I would take that. Leave him to an adopted son. He's not going to leave him to an adopted son, though. See, the money's staying in the family, okay? He's leaving at the actual family, or Kenny, if he sneaks in. <laughs> See, now all day long I'll be laughing about scenarios. If Kenny Williams. Like it's, an entire, it's an entire cartoon, like on Adult Swim or something no, like that. No, it is. It where is. Kenny Williams continuously tries to sneak into the death room of Jerry Rydstor for the future and tries to get him to sign the team over to him, sneaking around people and wearing his sunglasses, talking about how choked up he is if only you could see behind his sunglasses okay and you know what he even comes riding in at one point on his golf cart with his contract and his sunglasses that's on, funny all joked up and the moment it's so he says what are you doing he just turns around and says stay out of white socks business <laughs> socks in the basement socks in the basement Socks in the basement. You got your mic all set up, right? Uh, it's pointed right, at good. my face. I've not watched any baseball. So. All right. Well, that's okay. I mean, it's, it's not like it, it. I don't think your opinions have ever suggested you do watch a lot of baseball. <laughs> it's okay. All the negative reviews are about you. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.